All right, Don, I'm ready. You want me to take the opening, huh? Well, hello again. This is Buck Benny speaking. Welcome to our very first episode of the Phil Harris Show, joining the Jack Benny Show that we've been presenting for the last number of weeks. So tonight we have first Jack Benny from 1952, October 5th. It's called Scoop Benny, is the name of the episode. Really good episode. Following that, we have the premiere of the Phil Harris 1952-1953 season, which was also, of course, on October 5th, and it's called Harris Hotel, and you'll see why. And this episode, they give you sort of an explanation of why Elliot Lewis starts becoming Elliot Lewis on the actual show instead of being Frank Remley. And I'll explain a little bit on the podcast intro that's from about five years ago, I think, when I first aired this, as to why I think that might have changed, but it's just kind of speculation at this point. I believe there might be out there somewhere uh, an interview that um, of the real Frank Remley where he might explain it a little bit, but even when we have interviews of the actual people, sometimes they're not actually too accurate, so uh, anyway, we'll, we'll go with my speculation for now, and I'm sure people will correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, then in the 1942 episode, it is Again, Jack's season opener with Jack rounding up the cast in his Maxwell. We jump back 10 years. So this uh, Thursday, every Thursday, we'll be presenting you uh, the Jack Benny show from 1952, the Phil Harris show from 1952, and then jumping backwards to get uh, 10 years in the past to get Jack's shows from 1942-43 season. So I hope you enjoy all three. And I didn't mention in my uh, fall premiere, uh, 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 the fall uh, preview, that I was going to be doing this, but I figured most people would know since I've been doing Jack on Thursdays for as long as I think I've, close to as long as I've done the podcast anyway. So I think people were kind of expecting it. Without further ado, let's get into the episodes. They should be awesome tonight. The Jack Benny Program, transcribed and presented by Lucky Strike. Lucky tastes better. Lucky Strike means fine tobacco. Lucky Strike means fine tobacco. Cleaner, fresher, smoother. Lucky, 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 lucky Strike means fine tobacco. Lucky Strike means fine tobacco. Cleaner, fresher, smoother. Better get a carton, better get a carton, better get a carton tonight. Hello, friends. This is Don Wilson. I've been cheering many years for Lucky's better taste, but I can't cheer that loud. It takes a bigger group to do that. And that's just what we've got all over the country. The biggest college cheering section for Lucky's that any cigarette could want. You see, a nationwide survey based on actual student interviews in 80 leading colleges reveals that more smokers in these colleges prefer Lucky's than any other cigarette and by a wide margin. What's more, the survey shows that Lucky Strike gained far more smokers in these colleges than the nation's two other principal brands combined. Just think of that. 
And listen to this. The number one reason they gave for smoking Lucky's was Lucky's better taste. So try a carton of those cleaner, fresher, smoother tasting Lucky's. You'll feel like cheering too. Lucky strike me fine tobacco. Lucky strike me fine tobacco. Cleaner, fresher, smoother. Better get a carton. Better get a carton. Better get a carton today. The Lucky Strike program starring Jack Benny with Mary Livingston, Rochester, Dennis Day, Bob Crosby, the Sportsman Quartet, and yours truly, Don Wilson. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it's my pleasure to introduce the star of our show, a man uh, who... Wait a minute, Don, wait a minute. Huh? You better not start the program until we're sure we're working. Working? Mary, what's this all about? Well, Bob, remember what happened last week with the change from daylight to standard time? Jack got all mixed up, missed half his program, and now he's in trouble with the sponsor. Hey, this is serious. Jack loses the program, I'll have to go out and find a job. <laughs> so will I. What do you do, Mary? Well, I don't know whether to get my own radio show or go into television. Oh? But in the meantime, tell your wife to buy her stockings at the May Company. <laughs> I'll give her a discount. <laughs> I will. Where's Jack now? He's on the phone in his dressing room talking to the sponsor. Gee, I hope it works out all right. You see... You, you, you see, Mr. Lewis, when I missed my program last week, it wasn't... Mr. Lewis... Mr. Lewis, are you listening? Yes, Jack, I'm listening. Well, when I missed the first half of my program last week, it wasn't my fault. See, my, my watch said 3.15 when it was really 4.15. So <laughs> 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 oh, you, oh, you see it. It wasn't, it wasn't my fault at all, you know. Excuses, excuses. Nothing but excuses. But, Mr. Lewis, didn't you ever make a mistake? I never make mistakes. Oh. Well, anyway, <laughs> Mr. Lewis, when you hired me... All right, I made one. <laughs> I knew you'd admit it. <laughs> anyway, Mr. Lewis, when you hired me, we had an understanding. Wait a minute, Jack. Hold it a minute. He's winding up. Here comes the pitch, and... Mishugo drives one deep into left field. He's rounded first and is pulling up at second. It's a clean double for Rizzuto. Hmm. My future's at stake, and he's listening to the World Series. <laughs> what were you saying, Jack? Mr. Lewis, I said that when you hired me, we had an understanding The that... mantle is now at bat. Here comes the pitch, and... It's a single. Rizzuto starts fast. Mantle's safe at first, and Rizzuto goes to third. Hmm. What were you saying, Jack? Now, now, Mr. Rizzuto... I mean, Mr. Lewis. <laughs> Mr. Lewis, when you hired me, we had an understanding... Mr. Lewis. Mr. Lewis. Oh, my goodness, we've been cut off. Operator. Operator. 
Oh, Mabel, what is it, Geisters? Mr. Benny's line is flashing. Yeah, I wonder what Kiss of Fire wants now. <laughs> Maybe he... Uh-oh, he was talking to New York and I must have cut him off. Uh, I'm sorry, Mr. Benny, I'll connect you again. Say, Geisters, mm. let's listen in and hear what he's saying. Listen in? Mabel, how can you suggest a thing like that? Oh, now, Gertrude, don't put on ears for me. You know, you didn't get that cauliflower ear from boxing. <laughs> Go ahead, listen in and hear what Mr. Benny's saying. I don't have to listen in. I'm going out with him tonight, and you know him. One glass of Manischewitz wine, and he tells everything. <laughs> What a man. Come on, Gertrude, be a sport. Put on the earphones and listen to what he's saying. Okay. Gee, the sponsor's really giving it to him. And Mr. Benny's sure pleading for his job. No kidding. Yeah. And now he's bragging about his talent. What a great comedian he is. What a wonderful violinist. <laughs> now he's imitating Johnny Ray. <laughs> Crying. <laughs> Gee, sure is lucky. The sponsor said he'd give him another chance. Operator, operator. Yes. Oh, Gertrude. Gertrude, I'm through with my New York call. Would you please figure up the charges? Now, how long did I talk? Well, you talked 27 minutes and 30 seconds, making a total... $18.45. <laughs> Uh, thank you, Gertrude. You're welcome, Mr. Einstein. <laughs> hmm. Imagine, $18. Imagine, $18.45 to call New York. It's only six cents for an airmail stamp. But then you can't cry in a letter. Oh, well, I better get on the stage. Hey, Dennis is going into his song. I went to your wedding, although I was dreading the thought of losing you. The organ was playing. My poor heart kept saying, your dreams, your dreams are through. You came down the aisle wearing a smile, a vision of love.
I Went to Your Wedding, sung by Phil Rizzuto. I mean, Dennis Day. <laughs> and very good, Dennis. And now, kids... Well, say, Jack. What is it, Mary? I mean, Don. <laughs> Don, what is it? How'd you make out with your phone call to the sponsor? Fine, fine. We had a little argument, but he talked me into not quitting. And now... But, Jack, something's wrong. Look how nervous you are. Mary's right, Jack. What are you worried about? Look, all of you. Everything went fine. I'm not worried and I'm not nervous. Now, let's get on with the show. Where's Kenny Baker? <laughs> Kenny Baker? He hasn't been with us for 12 years. Oh, yes. Anyway, look, kids, I'm not nervous. I'm not upset. Why should I be upset? The sponsor didn't fire me. Well, I'm glad to hear that, Jack. Mm, me too. Same here. I wouldn't want to have to look for a new job. Doesn't make any difference to me. I was going to quit anyway. <laughs> quit? Uh-huh. But, Dennis, what's the reason? It's confidential. Well, if it's confidential, come out in the hall and tell me. Okay. Excuse us, Mary. Well, she can come, too. But, Dennis, you said it was confidential. It's confidential. It should be between two people. Oh, then you and Mary go. I'll stay here. <laughs> Look, Dennis, haven't I had enough trouble today? Now, tell me why you want to quit. My mother doesn't like your program. Oh, <laughs> well, she doesn't, eh? What does she like about it? You. Me? Every time you say hello again, you ought to see the veins in her neck stick out. <laughs> Look, Dennis, you can tell your mother whether she likes me or not. You have a contract with me, and it's got two years to run. Gee, two years. I don't think her neck will make it. <laughs> I don't care about that. Dennis, behave yourself. Jack missed half of his program last week, and he's having enough trouble with his sponsor. So stop bothering with your family problems. Yes. I don't care what your mother thinks. My father likes you. He does? May he rest in peace. <laughs> Stop being silly. This morning when I called your house, your father answered the phone. That was a recording. <laughs> now cut that out. <laughs> and do me a favor, will you? Let's forget about the sponsor and just concentrate on doing good shows. Well, Jack, I'll do all I can. I know, Bob, I know. Say, by the way, did you notice the way I've improved the orchestra? I certainly did, Bob. The band sounds wonderful lately. Thank you. Especially the saxophone. What'd you do to that section? I eliminated it. <laughs> oh, good, good. 
And Jack, I've also been scouting around for a new piano player. A new piano player? What's the matter? Don't you like the way Bagby plays? Well, it's not that, but I can save you a lot of money if we replace him. You see, the Musicians' Union demands that we pay Bagby time and a half. How come? Well, he's got 15 fingers. <laughs> Bagby's got 15 fingers? Yeah. He can play kitten on the keys and pick your pocket at the same time. <laughs> How do you like that? Huh? Say, Bob, I think you ought to be careful how you make changes in the band. Well, why? Well, those boys have been together for a long time. Yeah. You take one out, they'll all fall down. <laughs> That's right. Anyway, Bob, we'll talk about the band later. Right now, we got a very important play to do. Yeah, Jack, we better get started with it. Uh, what's the play about, Jack? Well, it's a thrilling story of how a newspaper reporter solves a murder. Now, I play the part of Scoop Benny, the fearless, fighting, tight-fisted, I mean, two-fisted... <laughs> the two-fisted editor-in-chief... The Los Angeles Daily Bugle. Am I in it? Yes, Bob. You play my star reporter. You're in it too, Mary. And Dennis. Dennis, where's Dennis? Listening to the World Series on that portable radio. Oh, for heaven's sakes. Dennis! Quiet, I want to hear this. Well, that was an exciting inning. <laughs> Dennis. We're now going into the last half of the fifth. Brooklyn is at bat, the Yanks are in the field, and the Giants are in the bleachers. <laughs> The Giants. Cleveland wouldn't even come to the game. <laughs> Dennis, turn that off. And now coming out to pitch for the Yanks is Rashi. Rashi, eh? It's really Reynolds, but since he got poison ivy, everyone calls him Rashi. <laughs> Ooh, that's a good one. <laughs> Dennis, turn that off. Now, Dennis, how about taking an interest in my program? Oh, I wanted to hear the World Series. Look, the series will be on next year. Me, I'm not sure about. <laughs> Come on. Come on, Jack. Jack, let's do the play. Okay, now go ahead, Don, announce it. I can't, Jack. The scripts aren't here. They aren't. Do you see the scripts, Mary? Well, maybe your writers have them. They're in the conference room. Oh, yeah. Maybe they're revising it. I'll go and see. Now, writers are the only ones who take an interest in the show. Say, fellas. Quiet! Here comes the pitch. And Reese strikes out. Hey, fellas, I'm looking for the script you wrote for our play. Where is it? Ah, uh, we don't know. We didn't see nothing around here. When we wrote it, we gave it to you. <laughs> yes? Why are you yes? <laughs> all right, all right. Yes, yes. What a mistake I made hiring those guys. They were standing on the corner selling pencils. I thought they were writers. <laughs> oh, well. 
you get the script, Jack? No. But, Jack, this is ridiculous. How are we going to do a play without a script? Yeah. Wait a minute. Maybe I left some at home. Give me the phone, Mary. I'll call Rochester. Okay, here it is. Said he gave me the script. Wonder what happened to it. Maybe Milton Burrow. No, he's in New York. <laughs> I don't know. Mr. Barry's Residence, Star Stage, Screen Radio, and hold the phone. <laughs> Rochester, what are you doing? Oh, oh, it's you, boss. I'm just listening to the World Series. Oh, you are? Well, why aren't you listening to my program? Put Jackie Robinson on it, and I will. <laughs> all right, all right. So Robinson got a home run. That was on your radio, and mine, he got five of them. <laughs> Five home runs. Are you listening to KHJ? No, CAN. What's that? Central Avenue Network. <laughs> the Central Avenue Network? Yeah, you ought to listen to the game on this radio. It's sure exciting. Why? Robinson's playing on both teams. <laughs> Robinson? Robinson's playing on both teams? Yeah, and I hope the game is over early. Why? At five o'clock, he's fighting Marciano. <laughs> oh, stop that. <laughs> now, look, Rochester, we got a play to do here, and I can't find the scripts. Did I leave them at home? No, you put them in the glove compartment of your car. Oh, yes. Now I remember. Thanks, Rochester. Goodbye. Goodbye. Oh, Rochester. Yes, boy? You better rush down here at the studio. You know, we do our television show as soon as my radio program is over. I know. And don't be late, Rochester. I need you. Oh, boss. Let's just say we need each other. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Goodbye. Goodbye. Don, I left my scripts in my car. Will you go out and get them? But, Jack, I'm supposed to do the commercial now. Don, run out and get my scripts. I'll do the commercial for you. But, Jack... Never mind. Run along. Okay. This is my chance to get on the good side of my sponsor. Be happy, go lucky. Be happy, get better taste. Be happy, go lucky. Get better taste today. Poodly poo 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 <laughs> This is Jack Benny, and smokers, there's no doubt about it. Lucky's tastes better. And this better taste starts with Lucky's fine tobacco. Yes, L-S-M-F-T. Lucky Strike means fine tobacco in a cigarette that's made better to taste cleaner, fresher, smoother. Cleaner? Yuz bet. I mean, you bet. <laughs> Lucky's not only taste cleaner, fresher, smoother, but they are made by one of the nicest sponsors you'd ever want to meet. <laughs> and now I'd like to dedicate this next number to my sponsor, Mr. Lewis. Be happy, go lucky. Be happy, get better taste. Be happy, go lucky. I hope I'm here next week. <laughs> I thank you. Jack. Oh, thank you, Don. And now, ladies and gentlemen, for our play, A Day in the Life of a Newspaper Man. 
Take it down. Ladies and gentlemen, as our scene opens, we find Scoop Benny, the two-fisted editor-in-chief of the Los Angeles Daily Bugle, hard at work in his office. Sitting at the next desk is his star reporter, Flax Crosby. Los Angeles Bugle, Scoop Benny speaking. What? Give me all the details. Seven of them, huh? Say they're taking off at midnight? Thanks for the tip. I'll be there. What is it, Scoop? Late show at the Burbank Theater. <laughs> Daily Bugle, Scoop Benny speaking. Hello, big boy. This is Mrs. Archibald J. Stuffington of 204 Stuffington Road, California. Stuffington, eh? How are you, Stuffy? <laughs> Got a big story for you. Come up to my apartment. My husband has just been... <laughs> murdered. What was that? My husband has just been... <laughs> murdered. What was that? You don't like him, do you? I don't even know. Are you sure he's dead? Any more questions? <laughs> well, I'll be right over there, Mrs. Stuffington, and try to solve this murder before the police come. See that the body stays where it is. What's that? If it moves now, you've got a real story. I'll be right over. Goodbye. Here's the house, Flash. We'll get to the bottom of this murder or know the reason why. Hello, we're from the Los Angeles Daily Bugle. Who are you? I'm the butler. Oh, you're the butler, eh? Well, I'll question you first. Were you here when the murder was committed? Uh-huh. You hear any gunshots? Yes, while well, I was making coffee. How many gunshots did you hear? I heard the first one in the kitchen, the second one at the front door, and three more as I was going through Anaheim, Azusa, and Cucamonga. <laughs> Cucamonga? How'd you get back here so fast? My suspenders were caught on the doorknob. Your suspenders were caught on the doorknob. Pretty snappy comeback, huh? <laughs> yes, yes. You'd give me that one. <laughs> all right, all right. Now, where's Mrs. Stuffington? Well, here I am, boys. I've been waiting for you. Now, Mrs. Stuffington, I'm here to solve this murder. And I'm going to question you right now. In just a minute, I'll call my butler. Oh, Goodrich, bring me a martini. Yes, madam. Wait a minute, Mrs. Stuffington. How can you sit here drinking martinis when your husband has just been murdered? You're right. Goodrich. Yes, madam? Put a black olive in it. <laughs> now, Mrs. Stuffington, I know you committed the murder, so you might as well confess. Oh, yeah? Well, you can't prove a thing. Oh, yes, we can. Look here, Scoop. 
I just found a dictograph. I played it, and there's incriminating evidence in it. Evidence, eh? Well, turn it on again, Flash. Okay. I want to hear this. Goodrich, dear. Yes, darling? Did you get the gun? Also the rope, the club, and the poison. <laughs> Have you figured how are you going to kill him? Yes. I'm going to make him swallow the poison, then tie the rope around his neck. What are you going to do with the club? I'm going to pat him on the popo. <laughs> Well, Mrs. Stuffington, are you ready to confess? Why should I? There's not one word there that says I killed my husband. She's right, Flash. Oh, no, she isn't. She hasn't heard the rest of it. You mean there's more? Turn on that dictograph again. Okay. It's the last of the night. Due out, men on second, third, and the pitcher is winding up. What's that? Oh, my goodness. I guess the radio must have been on while we were planning the murder. Yeah. Oh, then you did plan it. planning this murder for a long time. <laughs> oh, yeah, they call the paper, Flash. We got a great story. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, here is a special message. This year, as always, it'll be the family vote that really decides things at election time. And families everywhere are pitching in to remind every eligible American to register so he and she can vote on November 4th. If you're helping your community get registered, congratulations. If you're not, maybe you'd like to remind your friends and neighbors tomorrow. Remember, you have to register to vote. Thank you. We'll be back in just a moment, but first... Lucky tastes better. Lucky strike me fine tobacco. Lucky strike me fine tobacco. Cleaner, fresher, smoother. Lucky, 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 lucky strike me fine tobacco. Lucky strike me fine tobacco. Cleaner, fresher, smoother. Better get a carton, better get a carton, better get a carton today. Friends, you'll want to cheer Lucky's too once you try them. They taste that much better. Let me tell you why. L.S., M.F.T., Lucky Strike means fine tobacco. And there's another reason. Lucky's are made better, round and firm and fully packed, to taste cleaner, fresher, smoother. The fact is, a nationwide survey based on actual student interviews in 80 leading colleges shows that more smokers in these colleges prefer Lucky's than any other cigarette. And furthermore... This survey shows that Lucky's gained far more smokers in these colleges than the nation's two other principal brands combined. Yes, these college men and women, just like so many of us, prefer Lucky's, the cigarette that tastes better. So make your next carton Lucky Strike and see for yourself what the cheering's all about. Be happy, go Lucky, go Lucky Strike today. Ladies and gentlemen, in about 30 seconds, I'll be doing my first television show of the season. So I hope you'll all be watching. Well, I'll be seeing yes. I mean you. <laughs> my writer. Jack 
Company program this week was written by Milt Josephsberg, John Tackerberry, Al Gordon, Al Goldman, and produced and transcribed by Hilliard Mark. Jack Benny program is brought to you by Lucky Strike, product of the American Tobacco Company, America's leading manufacturer of cigarettes. This is the CBS Radio Network. Well, hello again. This is Buck Benny speaking. Here we go. Great show. Phil Harris and Alice Faye show comes back for another season. We are in the 1952-1953 season from 60 years ago this year. I hope that you're going to enjoy this season. There's been some changes made. If you've been following our weekly presentations of the Jack Benny show, you know that Phil Harris has left the Jack Benny show and was replaced by Bing Crosby's brother, Bob Crosby. And those have been fun shows to listen to. I've gotten a lot of emails about them, saying people are enjoying them. Fantastic. Uh, but it does make some changes happen here. Um, no longer on the Phil Harris show will they refer to the Jack Benny show, or at least very infrequently. Secondly, the biggest change, and I've never seen this happen before on any show, in the history of radio or television, I can think of a totally unique situation happens today. So I thought I'd explain that a little bit. Uh, we have, on the Jack Benny show and TV show, real-life left-handed guitarist Frank Remley is in the band that plays on the show. Uh, he became such kind of a character on the Jack Benny show mentioned uh, but never really sp having a speaking part that when Phil Harris spun off his own show they decided to use Frank Remley and apparently they tried at first to use the real Frank Remley only Frank um, was uncomfortable uh, reading lines and being a character on Phil Harris's show so they grabbed temporarily actor Elliot Lewis to play Frank Remley on um, the Phil Harris show. So he's playing a real-life person but certainly an exaggerated completely changed character from the real-life person uh, just like Phil Harris is and just like Dennis Day is and Jack Benny. All those folks are have real-life counterparts but the what they play on the radio is an exaggerated, changed entirely character for them. Now, Frank Remley's fine with this, allowing him to have a doppelganger that is a character on Phil Harris's show for years and years and years. And all of a sudden, they would like us to believe that Frank Remley says, you know, I'm tired of it. I don't want you to use my name anymore on your show. And then it just happens to be coincidence that uh, Phil Harris just left the Jack Benny show. And I will have to say, I find that really hard to believe. That kind of, that's too much coincidence. Um, I think one of many things could have happened. 
the sponsors on Jack's show could have approached Jack to talk to Frank about not having his name used on another show, on another network that's not even connected to the Jack Benny show anymore. Um, the producers of Jack's show could have done the same thing. Jack could have asked Remley just because he was upset with Phil at the time. Um, Frank Remley could have kind of himself felt that um, there was uh, some disloyalty or something on the part of Phil Harris in not being on Jack's show anymore and not following Jack into television. I don't know. Could have been any of these things or something different. It could have just been coincidence. But I tend to think it was one of the things I've mentioned, probably. So, in this episode, which is really weird, they refer to Frank Remley at the beginning of the episode. And I thought, oh, I must be wrong. Maybe they're changing his name in a future episode. But no, you'll find out that later on, the whole name chain things becomes a piece of the episode. I thought they would do it without even mentioning it. That's what I'd always kind of heard, that it just sort of happened and they moved on and no one ever mentioned it. It is actually a story point in this episode, and I won't tell you what it is or how they um, explain it, but uh, this is really, really, really interesting historic episode we're presenting to you today, um, and I hope that you all enjoy it. And I won't go any more into it than that. RCA Victor, world leader in radio, first in recorded music, and first in television, presents transcribed The Phil Harris Alice Faye Show. For your enjoyment, here is the Phil Harris Alice Faye Show, written by Ray Singer and Dick Chevrolet, with Elliot Lewis, Walter Tetley, Robert North, Janine Roos, Anne Whitfield, Walter Sharp and his music, and yours truly, Bill Foreman. Probably a lot of you people have been away this past summer and were glad to get home. The Harrises were, too, until they saw... But more about that later. First, a word from RCA Victor. Imagine this situation for a moment. It's Saturday afternoon at the stadium and the football game's tied up. In the last seconds of play, your favorite team runs the pigskin 60 yards for the winning touchdown. That's real excitement. Excitement you don't want to miss. So go to the games when you can. But if you can't, see them on RCA Victor Television. Every new RCA Victor set has the exclusive Magic Monitor circuit system. The Magic Monitor acts like an engineer inside your set. It screens out interference automatically, steps up power automatically, and automatically ties the clearest picture to the best sound. For exceptional value in big picture television, choose RCA Victor's new Brookfield. The Brookfield is 21-inch television in a handsome console cabinet that will add new beauty to your living room. And you'll find the 21-inch Brookfield console is low price, too. In fact, RCA Victor television prices start as low as $199.95. So visit your dealer tomorrow. Buy one of RCA Victor's new sets with a magic monitor circuit system. And remember... Every year, more people buy RCA Victor than any other television. And when you get RCA Victor television, buy an RCA Victor factory service contract for expert installation and service. 
And now the stars of the RCA Victor program, Alice Faye and Phil Harris. This summer, Phil made a personal appearance tour throughout the country. Alice's brother, William, went along to keep an eye on Phil's business. And Alice went along to keep an eye on Phil. <laughs> their tour is over now, and they're on their way home. As we look in, they're approaching their house in Encino. Phil, you certainly had a successful personal appearance tour. And no wonder. You're the most terrific performer I've ever seen on the stage. Yes, I am, aren't I? <laughs> you know, the people love me. Uh, I shall miss the plaudits of the public, the acclaim of the populace, the garlands of flowers strewn at my feet. All the... right, Phil. I'm not finished yet. <laughs> the incense burning upon the altars of the land and the maidens being thrown into the molten lava pits as a sacrifice and deference oh, to my... Oh, shut up. <laughs> Willie, that is no way to talk to a national idol. You're just jealous because big crowds turned out to see me every place I went. That's what I can't understand. Why did they come to see you? Why? Because they love me. Especially them farmers. <laughs> they love my type of home-brewed humor. Humor. Don't tell me what we used to do at home. <laughs> no kidding. Didn't y'all hear the way them farmers laughed at my jokes? I didn't hear them laughing. <laughs> As a matter of fact, the ones I talked to were sending a petition to Washington complaining. Complaining? About what? They said you were getting more money for your corn than they were getting for theirs. <laughs> Pretty bad. <laughs> Those men were just jealous because their women were falling for me. You know something? It's an amazing thing. Now, I haven't played those places since I was 35, and the same women came back to see me. Only this time they brought their daughters. <laughs> their daughters brought their daughters, and their daughters. Please. I don't think a silent screen star is in a position to cast any stone. <laughs> their daughters to see their daughters. Them women came to see me never because... Never mind, never mind. Tell me later. Gee, I'll be glad to get home. But I dread the thought of all the work I'll have to do. The house has been empty for three months. Uh -uh. The cobwebs no, are... No, 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 no. You're all wrong there, honey. What do you mean? Well, I didn't tell you, but be, before we left, you see, I gave the key to somebody and I asked him to come in two or three times a week and, and sort of take care of things. Well, now, that was very thoughtful of you, Phil. Who did you give the key to? Frankie. Phil, <laughs> <laughs> of all the people in the world, why did you give the key to Frankie? I don't trust him. Well, why not? He's honest. He won't steal anything, and the house will be just the way that we... Oh, no! Oh. Phil, what's the matter? What are you staring at? That empty lot. Ain't that where our house used to be? <laughs> we live 
on the next floor. Oh, thank goodness. How? <laughs> for a minute, I thought Frankie put it on wheels and was using it for a floating crap game. <laughs> There's our house, Phil. And thank heavens it's still in one piece. Oh. Home at last. You want to come in for a while, Willie? No, 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 thanks. I'm anxious to get home and see Mother. Well, in that case, uh, I'll drive you home. I want to see Mother, too. Uh, Phil, you go in the house and open the windows and air it out a little. I'll be back soon. Okay, honey. See you later. Ah, oh, man, it's sure great to be back. Now I can relax and enjoy our own home. Hey, Frankie's got the place looking great on the outside. And look, he's got a welcome sign over the door. Ah, oh, ain't that sweet? Look at it. Welcome to the Alice Faye Motel and Trailer. <laughs> Swimming pool, cooking privileges, and a direct wire to Hialeah, Pimlico, and Belmont. Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> oh, well, that's just a gag. You know, that kid has got a beautiful sense of humor. Imagine anybody actually doing that to a friend. Front boy, here comes another guest. Look, I'm... You're in luck, sir. We have one room left. That'll be $28 for the night in advance. I ain't paying no $28 a night to sleep in my own house. Your house? I must talk to the doorman about allowing these winos to come in here. <laughs> I'm sorry, sir, but you're in no condition to register in a reputable place like this. Well, look at you. You're... 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 Keep looking. <laughs> oh, no, it's him. Yes, it's me. What's the matter with you? Are you crazy or something? I come home and find my house turned into a motel. Now, don't blame me, Curly. This situation is all your fault. My fault? Yeah. You came home a week too soon. <laughs> what are you talking about? Curly, you? now don't yell in the lobby. I can explain everything. <laughs> but first, do me a favor and sing a couple of choruses. Sing, why? Every stool in the bar is taken and the jukebox is busted. <laughs> Give me some harmony grits and some red sugar cured ham. Give me a great big bowl of milk gravy. I'll be such a happy man. If I can see magnolias blossom and azaleas in bloom, just lead me up to the table and give me lots of elbow room. Just pass me that mammy fried whole cake and some good old black-eyed peas. Give me a hay rack full of hot biscuits. Make my coffee black if you please. Now if you beat me, I'll addict in a style so grand, you'll have yourself a happy man. Sargum molasses, you'll have yourself a happy man. Mmm, pass that harmony grit. Mmm, and then give me a slab of that Tennessee hickory cured ham. 
Then I want a water bucket full of red-eye gravy sop. Ooh, you have got yourself a happy individual. Cause when I was partaking, I can see magnolias and I can spell honeysuckle in bloom. So get me up the table, move over, Clyde, break it up, Henry, and give me lots of elbow room. I want some mammy fried oat cake and some good old black-eyed peas. Then give me a hay rack full of them bacon soda biscuits. And you can make my coffee black if you please. Now if you feed me, I'll addict it in a style so grand. You're gonna have yourself a happy man. Hog bone and honey, you're gonna have yourself a happy man. A hush puppy papa, you're gonna have yourself a happy man. Curly, that was something. <laughs> I ain't sure what, but it was something. Now, look, never mind. Look, you've got a lot of nerve. Hold it down. Look, you've got a lot of nerve coming into my house and making it a broken-down tourist home. Now, just a minute. It's not a broken-down tourist home. I've been very particular who I let in. Every guest here is a personal friend of mine. Oh, no, a flop house. <laughs> Look, I'm going to give you five minutes to get every one of those human derelicts out of my house. Curly, they're very fine people, and I assure you they haven't done anything to hurt your reputation. You should be proud to have these people as your guests. They add class to the place. They're educated, charming people who... Hey, knucklehead! <laughs> Pardon me, Curly. One of my guests is paging me. What can I do for you, sir? I gotta be. When I ran in my room, you told me I'd have to bathtub all of myself. So? Now I find people using it to bathe in. <laughs> What's wrong with that? They're dirtying up my gin. <laughs> Draw three batches this week. You made gin in the bathtub? Hmm. I warned you, sir, I will not tolerate that. Now you go right upstairs and empty it. Okay, I'll drain it out. Uh, uh, let's not be hasty. <laughs> you see, I've just had a long trip, and... <laughs> I am a little hot. Uh, I could stand a refreshing tub. I'll get you some soap and a towel. Never mind that. Just get me a little vermouth and some olive. <laughs> well, there goes another batch. Now I'll have to mix another tub. Will you wait a minute? You ain't mixing nothing around here. This is my house. Now I want you to get lost. Take your juniper berries and get out of here. Now, look, I don't know who you are, but get lost yourself. I got some bottling to do, and I'll see you later, Mr. Lewis. You can't talk to me like that. I ain't gonna let it... Mr. Lewis? Who's he talking to? Me, Curly. You? Yeah. Curly, I... 
have a surprise for you. During the summer, I changed my name. You got married? <laughs> no. From now on, I'm going to be using my real name. Manasha Skolnick? <laughs> no, my real name. Ever since I've known you, I've been using a stage name. If Lewis is your right name, then why have you been using the persimmonum? Because of my mother. Now that I'm a star, she wants me to use my own name. So from now on, you'll address me as Elliot Lewis. All right. From now on, I'll call you Elliot Lewis. Elliot. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> and what's wrong with the name Elliot? Why did they ever hang that one on you? Anything else? Dudley, Orville, even Myrna. <laughs> but Elliot, ooh You're gonna do that every time you mention my name? You just don't appreciate a beautiful name Very dignified, I'll bet you Alice will like it Oh, Alice, hey, Alice hmm? Holy smoke, well, don't you know something? She's gonna be in here soon If she finds a bootlegger set up a still in her bathtub She's gonna murder me All right, all right, we'll get rid of him I don't need him anyway I got 29 other paying boarders 29? <laughs> we only got three bedrooms What do you got, nine and a half people in each room? Look, Elliot, I just... Ooh. <laughs> Look, I want you to get all them people out of this house before my wife gets here. Alice is not going to like I this. don't see why. They're all very nice people. One is a doctor. And then Curly, there's that charming old maid from Pomona. And the fella in Vaudeville and... Can I talk to you for a minute, Elliot? Ooh. <laughs> You don't have to get sick when somebody else says it. <laughs> What's on your beautiful little mind, honey? Ellie, dear, I just don't have my red again this week. You don't mind, do you, honey? <laughs> <laughs> You're only 12 weeks behind. <laughs> just take your time, baby. Oh, thank you, Angel. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> Curly, that was the, the old, old maid from Pomona. <laughs> Lovable old thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's a shame she's so wobbly. <laughs> wobbly? Yeah, didn't you notice the way her hips wiggle when she walks? <laughs> Oh, that! It's a nervous tick. <laughs> Isn't she delightful? Oh, yeah. Alice is gonna love her. <laughs> Look, you certainly got a house full of great guests. This is the worst thing. <laughs> what was that? The doctor, of course. <laughs> oh, how stupid of me <laughs> I should have known Giving his patients a shot, no doubt <laughs> Don't be facetious He's operating <laughs> He uses a new Hungarian method for removing warts Which is very effective All right <laughs> Now, 
will you listen to me? Look, we got to get rid of all these people fast because if she ever comes to... Uh-oh, uh-oh, that's Alice. Now, look, we got to keep it from her. I'll think of some excuse to get her out of the house while you get rid of them guests. Now, get rid of them. where are you? In here, honey. I hope she didn't see that sign. No, she couldn't have. She came in the back way. Phil, I want to talk to you. Alice, hello. Gee, it's good to see you again. You look wonderful. Thanks. You look... Phil! <laughs> Phil, what's the matter with you? Before we left this summer, I told you to leave a note for the milkman to stop delivering the milk. Holy smoke, I forgot. I'll say you forgot. There's 168 bottles of milk on that back porch. Yeah, I noticed that stuff back there. <laughs> If you were here and you saw it, why didn't you drink it? Well, for I ain't got ulcers. <laughs> oh, you haven't changed a bit. Still the same old Frankie. No, 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 honey. Oh, he's not the same old Frankie. You see, he changed his no, name. No, you don't. I'll tell her myself. Alice? Yeah? While you were gone, I returned to my original name, Elliot Lewis. From now on, I wish you'd call me Elliot. All right. From now on, I'll call you Elliot. But in the future, I... Elliot. Oh! <laughs> Wait a minute. I'm getting a little tired of this. I see nothing wrong with my name. I happen to be very fond of my name. I think it's a lovely name. Elliot. Ooh. <laughs> you got me doing it. I'm a little hurt about this. There's no reason for everybody making fun of my name. Now, take it easy. I'm only kidding. I think Elliot is a very pretty name. Now, if you'll excuse me, I... I I'm going to take... Well, well, what, what's that fun thing upstairs? Oh, that upstairs? Oh, that... Excuse me a minute. Elliot, come here. Yeah. What's the something? <laughs> well, that's just Thelma. <laughs> The Wiggler? No, Thelma's a trained seal. She belongs to that vaudevillian I told you about. And, Curly, you better do something fast. Why? This time every day he makes the seal rehearse her act. the band, dear. They're playing your introduction. Sing. Somebody loves me. I wonder who. I wonder who he can be. Somebody loves me. Somebody loves I wonder who. Maybe, 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 
with the name. It just don't fit you. Your face with that name is sickening. His face with any name is sickening. <laughs> Where you been all summer, Mr. Harris? Oh, I was on the road, kid. Yeah, I went back to Indiana and Illinois and appeared at the state fairs. I was the star attraction. What did they display you in, a stall or a jar? <laughs> Look, kid, I did my act and I was a hit And small wonder I happen to have something that the public loves It has made me popular and very rich I know, but if she ever divorces you, you're dead I was doing all right before I met Alan I was busted and people didn't like me But I was doing all right <laughs> Well, you beat it, kid, and don't bother me. First, I gotta deliver the food that Mr. Lewis ordered for his guests for dinner. Oh, what guests? Oh, 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 he means us, honey. You see, Elliot here, that ain't never gonna sound right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this fella here was thoughtful enough to order dinner for our homecoming. Well, gee, that was thoughtful. What did he order, Julia? Twelve loaves of stale bread, 200 pounds of horse meat, and a barrel of herring. <laughs> Herring? For Selma. Oh, oh. Stale bread, horse meat, and herring, and who's Selma? Well, honey, uh... going on around here. People walking through my house. Pardon me, Blondie. I just want to get some soap and towels. Thank you. See y'all later. <laughs> Who is she? I don't know. <laughs> she comes in every Sunday to take a bath. <laughs> that woman's not going to take a bath in my house. Well, honey, we can't let her run around dirty. There's nothing to get excited about. What's that? The wart specialist. <laughs> what are all these strange things going on in my home? Everything seems perfectly normal to me. This is the last straw. I'm leaving here, Mr. Lewis. What's wrong? There's a seal doing the breaststroke in my gin. <laughs> this is the worst motel I've ever stayed in. Goodbye. Motel. All these people and Elliot, 
Elliot, you've turned my beautiful home into a motel. Now, that's right, honey, but don't, don't get excited. We're going to throw everybody out. Yeah. Well, everybody except that old couple that has your bedroom. They've got a six-month lease. <laughs> <laughs> now, look, I don't care what they've got. Phil and I are sleeping in our own bed. But, Alice, they're entitled to the bed. They paid me in advance. You heard what Alice said. Now, do something about it and do it fast. <laughs> Alice. Alison. Alice. Alice. Time to get up. Oh, oh, what? Oh, Phil, Phil, it's it's three o'clock in the morning. Why should we get up? We have to. It's that old couple's turn to use the bed for two hours. (laughs) Come on, hit the deck. and Phil will be back in just a moment. RCA Victor's new three-speed Victrola attachment is just your speed because it plays any record, any speed automatically. It gives you all the advantages of all the speeds. 78, 33 and a third, and the popular 45. The center's the secret of its outstanding 45 performance. A large slip-on center spindle assures that 45-speed records change from the center as they should. The new Victrola three-speed changer is so simple to operate, a child can do it. After the last record is played, it will turn itself off automatically. So visit your RCA Victor dealer tomorrow. See, try, buy the new Victrola attachment that can automatically play any record, any speed, through your radio, phonograph, or television set. Remember, it's the world's most trouble-free three-speed changer. The new Victrola three-speed attachment by RCA Victor. Friday's the day. Dennis Day. Starring in the new RCA Victor TV show. And it'll be on most NBC TV stations. So check your newspaper for correct time. Thanks, everybody, and good night. Good night, everybody. program transcribed were Julie Bennett and Benny Rubin. The part of Julius was played by Walter Tetley. From RCA Victor comes another must for your record library. It's the complete recording of Verdi's opera Il Trovatore, starring the brilliant Jussi Brerling, Zinka Milinoff, Fedora Barbieri, Leonard Warren, and the Robert Shaw Chorale, with RCA Victor Orchestra conducted by Renato Cellini. Visit your RCA Victor record dealer tomorrow. Ask for the complete album of Il Trovatore, available on 45 or Long Play Red Seal Records. Recorded by RCA Victor. Tonight, Theater Guild on the Air presents Morning Star on NBC. Hello again, this is Buck Benny speaking. Boy, this has been just a week full of premieres, hasn't it? Um, 
Anyway, tonight we bring you the premiere of The Jack Benny Show from the 1942-1943 season. It's in the heart of the war years. And I thought I would bring you uh, a little information tonight about uh, some of Jack, a uh, member of Jack Benny's cast anyway, and how he dealt with some of the war issues going on. Um, I've always said I would love a book about Eddie Anderson, and I just don't, I don't think there's any out there about him, but uh, Elizabeth McLeod a few months ago wrote a really great article about Rochester and about his involvement in World War II. Uh, I will do a link on this episode if you come to the website to that article so you can read the article yourself. But basically what the article is saying is that uh, Eddie Anderson, who plays Rochester, um, was too old to serve in the military during World War II, but he was able to help out in lots of other ways. He bought lots of war bonds. He was involved in in all kinds of um, publicity for... um, causes uh, that helped with um, the war effort in the United States. And he was still looking for more things to do, and he had a friend that knew how to make parachutes and had uh, a lot of experience with parachutes. And they knew that the government needed a lot of parachutes. So Eddie Anderson, because he had a lot of money now from the Jack Benny show and from his entertainment career, took some of that money and decided to make a parachute factory. And this parachute was Pacific Parachutes. And what was unique about Pacific Parachutes, one, it provided a lot of parachutes to a lot of um, the military uh, that needed them for the safety of all the folks fighting in the war. And what made it unique was that um, it was one of the most progressive hiring companies that there was. It was about one-third black, about one-third white, and one-third one third Latino. So there was um, a lot of diversity in the company. Uh, and here's a, a little bit of the article that talks about that. Um, African Americans served as plant superintendents factory foremen, and office administrators. And for the entire duration of the war, there were no reported racial incidents. I must admit the racial, that racial tolerance was a problem for me at first, admitted one white employee, a woman from Missouri. But working at Pacific has actually made me a different person. I wouldn't have missed the experience for anything. Um... Pacific Parachute became a favorite example in the popular media of how people of all races can pull together for victory. In 1943, Smith and Anderson were cited by the National Negro Business League as the owners of the outstanding black-owned business in America. As the war progressed, the firm moved from subcontracting to working under direct defense contracts of its own and was cited by the National Commission of International of interracial corporations as a prime example of real Americanism in action. Pretty cool that that, uh, Rochester would become involved 
with something so uh, so integrated and uh, so helpful in the war effort. So if you want to read the rest of that article, great article to read, a lot of fun, well-written, lots of great pictures of Rochester that I haven't seen before. So I'll link to that. And for tonight, enjoy Rochester and the whole gang in the premiere of Jack Benny's show from 1942-1943 season. And we'll see you next time. The Jell-O program starring Jack Benny with Mary Livingston. No, no, Don, not Jell-O. It's Grape Nuts Flakes this year. Oh, my goodness. Oh, darn it. The Grapes Nuts Flakes program starring Jack Benny. No, no, not Grapes Grape Nuts Flakes. What's the matter with you? Oh, yes, I'll get fired. The Grape Nuts Flakes program starring Jack Benny with Mary Livingston, Phil Harris, Dennis Day, Rochester, and yours truly, Don Wilson. star on our program tonight that I'd like all you listeners to meet. This new star is a favorite with millions of loyal and ardent fans all over America. In fact, this particular star is a morning star, the star that enjoys top billing on a coast-to-coast breakfast circuit. Ladies and gentlemen, I present Grape Nuts Flakes, the breakfast treat that has risen to stardom because of its delicious, distinctive appeal. Yes, friends, Grape Nuts Flakes today are America's fastest-growing cereal and have been America's fastest growing cereal for the past three years. And why? Because of flavor. A flavor that's malty rich, sweet as a nut, absolutely different from any other cereal in America. And that's because Grape Nuts Flakes are made a different way. They're a blend of two luscious grains instead of only one, sun-ripened wheat and malted barley. And they're toasted, golden brown and crisp to bring out the rich goodness of each wholesome grain. So feature Grape Nuts Flakes at your breakfast table every morning. For a delicious and nourishing treat, ask for Grape Nuts Flakes in the big 12-ounce economy-sized package. Pennsylvania polka played by the orchestra. And now, ladies and gentlemen, let us turn back the clock one hour and show you what happened on the way to the studio. Jack, in line with the Share Your Car campaign, <laughs> volunteered to pick up the gang in his Maxwell and drive us all down to the first broadcast. Well, that's the least I could do. Anyway, Jack called me and told me to be waiting in front of my house, as he and Rochester would be along just as soon as they'd picked up that. Oh, boy, it'll be great to get back on the air again. Feel good, eh, boss? You said it. I got spurs that jingle, jangle, jingle As I go riding merrily along Oh, Lily Bell Oh, Lily, well, I'll be... Rochester, put down that banjo. You're driving the car. (laughs) Put it down grab hold of the steering wheel. This is the wheel. I just put strings on it. (laughs) Yes, drive, will you? I got spurs, that jingle. Gee, it sure feels good to be going back to work, eh, Mary? Yeah, but it'll seem funny not broadcasting for Jell-O this year. Well, it's not so much of a change. After all, it's the same sponsor, same station, same time. Well, I hope we have some new material. I'm sick of all those jokes about your toupee. 
Me too. Then pull it up a little. You look like Veronica Lake. (laughs) (laughs) Say, is that bad? I got spurs. And another thing. You ought to be ashamed having that big sign on the back of the car. What sign? Coming soon. Jack Benny and George Washington slept here. Well, that's... That's my new picture. Pardon me, boss, but shouldn't Miss Ann Sheridan's name be on that sign, too? Well, uh... Mr. Benny and Washington were such friends, it'd be a shame to have anybody else there. (laughs) Mary, save those quips for the program, will you? Yes, sir, I got spurs that jingle jangle. I got spurs that jingle jangle. As I go riding merrily As I go riding merrily along. And they say... Uh-oh, uh-oh, slow up, Rochester, slow up What's the matter, boss? Never mind, slow up Duck down, Mary, duck down What for? Duck down, duck down Uh, Pardon me, miss Uh, I'm cooperating in the Share Your Car campaign May I give you a lift to Hollywood? Like I told you yesterday, no Okay, okay. Drive on, Rochester. That's gratitude for you. Offer a girl... Rochester, take it easy. There's a red light up ahead. It'll be green, red, and green again before we get to it. (laughs) Just take it easy, that's all. 35 miles an hour. That's the new speed limit. Well, let's get a new motor and have a go at it. Listen, Rochester, you're going to miss this little car when we're riding around in that buggy I bought. Hey, that reminds me, I've got to get a horse for that buggy. A horse? Oh, then you gave up the idea of letting Dennis pull it. Well, that was just a wild thought. Besides, if I ever hit him with a whip, his mother'd kill me. (laughs) Hey, there's Don Wilson waiting for us. Hello, Don! Hello, Jack! Mary! Hello, Don! Hop in, Mr. Wilson! Well, hello, Rochester. Well, I said, Jack. Right in the middle or over we go. <laughs> Don't get cute, Rochester. This isn't a canoe. Say, Don, I'll bet you're a little nervous about going on the air for a new product. Yeah, aren't you a little jittery? No, no. Why, I'm just crazy about those good old grapes nuts flakes. <laughs> Don, that's that's grape nuts flakes. Great. Watch it. Turn here, Rochester. Dennis lives right up the street. I got spurs that jingle jangle. I got spurs that jingle jangle. As jingle, I go riding merrily. As I go riding merrily. They say, oh, ain't your flag. Veronica Lake is waiting for you. (laughs) Here. Here's your hat and your music. Thanks, Mother. And here's ten cents. I'm sure Mr. Benny won't charge more than the bus. Goodbye. (laughs) Bye, Mother. Here I am, Mr. Benny. Hello, everybody. Hello, Hello, Benny. Benny. How are you? Where'd you get the red hair, kid? (laughs) Well... 
Well, what are you waiting for, kid? Hop in the car. I'm not moving one step until I find out if I get a raise this year. You better get in this car, kid. Kenny Baker is in the tool chest. <laughs> now get in. Yes, sir. All right, Rochester, we got to pick up Mr. Harris now. Well, Dennis, you all set for the first program? I sure am. Oh, by the way, Mr. Benny, I shopped all over for a horse collar, but I couldn't find one to fit me. <laughs> well, don't bother about it, kid. I'm, I'm getting a horse. I got spurs that jingle. What's a horse got that I haven't got? <laughs> it's, it's nothing against you, Dennis. I'm just getting a horse, that's all. Now, forget it. As I go around... Gosh, and I cut holes in my straw hat so my ears could stick through. <laughs> Too bad. And they sing, oh, ain't you glad you're single? Get hot, Daddy. And that song ain't so very far from wrong. Oh, Lily Bell. Oh, Lily Bell. <laughs> oh, Lily Bell. Oh, Lily. <laughs> Rochester, don't sing while you're driving. Now turn left here, we'll pick up Mr. Harris. Darn it, I, I told him to be waiting on the corner here. Isn't that Phil up ahead? Where? Right there, and he's pushing a baby carriage. Oh, yeah. He's talking to a street cleaner. That's the nurse. She's got a white uniform on. <laughs> oh, yes. Gee, I'll be glad to see his baby. Hey, Phil! Phil! Hiya, Jackson. Hello, everybody. Oh, Hiya, Phil. Hi. 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 Sir, well, get a load of that baby of yours. Ain't she a Lulu, Jackson? <laughs> well, I'll be darned. Let me hold her, will you, Phil? Here you are, Mary. There now. Oh, isn't she a darling? <laughs> Say, Phil, Phil, are those the little booties I sent the baby? No, nah, they didn't fit, Jackson. You must have had awful big feet when you were a kid. <laughs> hey, I, I was a rugged little rascal. <laughs> oh, God, Jack. Look at those blonde curls. Hmm. I used to have curls that made those look like a nickel Way down to my ankles Your arms are way down to your ankles, too Never mind <laughs> Jack lived on peanuts till he was 18 <laughs> That's so Let me hold the baby, Mary Here you are, Don Careful now, careful Don't worry, nurse Coochie, coochie, coochie Gee, she's always laughing. <laughs> Let me hold her down. Okay, Jack, here you are. I got her. Coochie, coochie, coochie. <laughs> now, now, don't be afraid. It's Uncle Jackie. Remember, I gave you those booties. <laughs> here, here, Phil, you better take her. Here, take the kid. Okay. <laughs> Well, come on, let's get going. Oh, isn't she cute? Coochie, coochie, coochie! Dennis, put down the nurse. <laughs> What's 
What's the matter with you? Come on, Phil, leave your baby with the nurse and let's get to the studio. Right with you, Jackson. Oh, nurse, I'll be home about 9.30, so be sure and have my bottle ready. <laughs> your bottle? Gin through a nipple. It's out of this world, Jackson. <laughs> I must try it sometime. Come on, Rochester, let's go. Watch the traffic now. Say, Jackson, ain't Alice and me got the cutest kid you ever seen? Sure, cute. Yeah, Phil, I must congratulate you. That baby of yours is a beautiful child. And what a disposition, always laughing. Not while I was holding her, she wasn't laughing. <laughs> well, what are you so mad about? You were holding the kid and she cried a little. That's all that happened. Oh, yeah? <laughs> drive on, Rochester, drive on. Step on it, fellas. We've only got a half an hour before the broadcast. Hope you brought your pass, Jack. You know, NBC has to be pretty strict for the duration. Oh, all that red tape is silly. Come on, fellas, follow me. Just a minute there. Gotta have passes, you know. Gotta have passes. <laughs> passes? Company regulations. I don't make the rules, you know. <laughs> oh, for heaven's sake. Now look, officer. Here's my pass. Here's mine. Smile and Phil Harris, the Daily Double. See you later, Mr. Benny. Okay, kid. Now, look, officer, I left my pass at home. Come on, Mary. Oh, no, you don't. One more step and I'll grill you. <laughs> Yipe, he's got a gun. Now, officer, I'm Benny, Jack Benny. Now, get Mr. Swallow, the manager, on the phone. He'll identify Mr. me. Mr. Swallow isn't in. Keep your hands up, you saboteur. <laughs> me, a saboteur? Me? What, what's that package you're hiding under your coat? That's my lunch, a deviled egg sandwich and a banana. <laughs> you want a bite? Mary, tell this guy who I am. I'm Mary Livingston, and he's Jack Benny. Here's my pass. You satisfied? Can we go in now? No hard feelings. Rules, rules, you know. You can put that revolver back in your holster. Okay, okay. Dog gone. That's the third toe today. <laughs> Come on, Mary. Let's go inside. All that trouble for nothing. Oh, wait a minute, Mary. Here's the fan mail department. I might as well pick up my bundle. After all, I've been off the air four months, you know. Gosh, look at all the mail here. Fever McGee, Aldridge Family, Bing Crosby. We all get it. Oh, miss, is there any mail here for me, Jack Benny? Like I told you yesterday, no. <laughs> I knew I'd seen her someplace before. <laughs> Can't understand it. What's happened to my fans? Why don't they write? Well, maybe they think you're a military secret. Yeah, that's it. Oh, hello there, Mr. Penny. How's my favorite comedian today? <laughs> fine, fine. Oh, Mary, I'd like to have you meet Robert Welch. Uh, Mr. Welch is the new producer of our program. I'm glad to know you, Mr. Welch. I kiss your hand, madame. 
Oh, fine. Oh, pardon me, Mr. Welch. Miss Livingston's wristwatch seems to have got caught in your teeth. <laughs> Thanks. Now, Mr. Welch, uh, we're in a hurry, and I'm nervous today. Now, what studio are we broadcasting from well, today? Well, now, let me see. Say, that's important, isn't it? <laughs> well, it's... It certainly is. Now, you're the new producer. Where are we broadcasting from? Oh, let me see. I'm not getting off a very good start, am I? <laughs> no, you're not. Now, check on it. Check on it, for heaven's sake. Okay, check, 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 check. <laughs> He's so nervous, you know Oh, here's Wilson Say, Don, did you find out what studio we're broadcasting from? Yes, Jack, we're in Studio B across the hall here Good, let's go in and get our rehearsal started Well, I'm afraid we'll have to wait a few minutes, Jack There's a program rehearsing in there now What program? The Heartaches of Sally Sutton Oh, the, the Heartaches of Sally Sutton? Say, that's one of my favorites That program is uh, strictly for housewives Oh, it is, eh? Well, Rochester and I listen to it every morning while we're doing the dishes and their soap doesn't give you the dishpan hands either. Come on, let's go inside and watch them. Huh? Oh boy, I can hardly wait to see Rochester's face tomorrow morning when I tell him everything before it happens. Shh, quiet. And so, chin up. But with tears. <laughs> Sally Sutton faces the bitter realization that her once happy home is about to be broken up. That husband of hers has really been playing around. The rat. Acting on the advice of old Judge Hooper, who lives in the little house at the bend of the road, <laughs> Sally is determined to have a showdown with her husband, Paul. And Rochester thinks they're going to smooth things out. Jack, quiet. It is midnight, and Sally, chin up, but with tear-dimmed eyes, is awaiting Paul's arrival. <laughs> ah, good evening, sweetheart. Am I late for dinner? Oh, Paul, how can you call me sweetheart when your mind is on another? Then you. Yes, Paul, I know. I found out all about you and that welder at Lockheed. <laughs> if you're referring to Nancy Randolph, there's absolutely nothing between us. Oh, Paul, lies, lies. I swear it. I've never even seen her in a dress. <laughs> dress or overalls, that Nancy is a siren. No use, Paul. This is the end. You mean? Yes. A divorce. A divorce. A divorce. Jack, for heaven's sake. <laughs> oh, Paul. I've forgiven you time after time. First it was that cigarette girl. Then that telephone operator. Then that model. And don't forget that usherette. And then that usherette. <laughs> I, I tell you, Paul, a divorce is our only solution. Very well, my dear. But I'm afraid that our son, Wilbur... Must go with me, his father. No, no, not that. No, no, Paul. Would you take a ten-year-old child away from his mother? You can't do it. I'll fight for him. Oh, boy, wait till tomorrow morning. I'm going to bet Rochester five bucks they're going to get a divorce. <laughs> it's a sin. Please, Paul. He's my child as well as yours. All right, Sally. We'll let the boy decide. Oh, Wilbur! Wilbur, will you please come in here? Yes, your father and I would like to talk to you. Mother, father, did you call me? Dennis! <laughs> Dennis Day, what are you doing on this program? Well, I gotta make some money someplace. 
I don't care. You're working for me. Now listen, kids. Mr. Benny, please, we're rehearsing. Well, I'm sorry to interrupt, but we're on the air in a few minutes, and I've got to have Dennis. It's our first broadcast. I've got to have the studio. Oh, too. all right, you saboteur. This is a deviled egg sandwich and a banana. <laughs> Now, get out of here and let us rehearse. Now, see here, Dennis. Yes, Father. I'm not your father. That's the other guy. Now, let's get going around here. Dennis, run over your song. We've got to rehearse that. How can he sing without an orchestra? Over. Phil, where are the orchestra boys? I don't know. Oh, yes, I put them in Deacon's Warehouse for the summer. <laughs> well, get them out. Get them out. Oh, Jack, don't you think I'd better rehearse the commercial once? After all, this is a new product. Okay, Don, yeah, rehearse it. See, we'll be on the air right away. Ladies right? and gentlemen, next time you go to your neighborhood grocer, why not ask for America's most distinctive flake cereal? Toasty, brown, sweet as a nut, grapes, nuts, flakes. No, no, Don, not grapes. That's great, great. Oh, darn it. You will find that grape, nuts, flakes are a thrifty buy in the big 12-ounce economy size package. So be sure to look for the big red letters on the box. Don, that was yellow. These, these are white letters, white. So be sure to look for the big white oh. letters on the no, box. They're little white letters, little Don. So be sure to look for the little white letters on the box. They spell Great Nuts Flakes. There you go again. Oh, what's the matter with you? Jackson, here's the boys. Well, it's about time. Hold everything there. You gotta have passes, you know. Gotta have passes. Oh, get out of here. Now, Don, Don, watch that commercial. It's all right to say grapes, nuts, flakes now. But for heaven's sake, don't make that mistake when we're on the air or our sponsor will have a fit. Holy smoke, does our sponsor have fits? No, no. Pay attention to the conversation, kid. All right, run over your song. Give him an introduction, Phil. Okay, hit it, boy. I'm a wreck already. Only the first broadcast. Careful, it's my heart It's not my watch you're holding It's my heart It's not, not I sent you That you quickly burn It's not the book I lent you That you Never return Remember It's my heart The heart with which So willingly I fought It's yours to take To keep or break But please before you start be careful, it's my heart. Stand by, we're on the air in 60 seconds. Oh my goodness, hurry it up, Dennis. Finish your song, we're going on the air. Remember, it's my heart. The heart with which so willingly I fought. It's yours to take. To keep or break, but please, before you start, be careful, it's my heart. 
Good, 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 good swell. That song will be okay, Dennis. Now, Mary, Mary, pass out the scripts, will you? We'll be on the air in about 20 seconds. Grab your scripts, everybody. We haven't got any scripts. Your writers didn't bring them in yet. What? No scripts? Stand by, everybody. 15 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, for, for Pete's sake, no script. What are we going to do, Jack? I don't know. I'll have to ad-lib something. I'll tell you what. I'll start by sa- out by saying, hello, everybody, this is Jack Benny. You know, folks, a funny thing happened to me on the way to the studio. You leave Phil's baby out of this. I didn't mean that. Darn my writers, a fine spot they put me in. Here I am, chin up, but with tear-dimmed eyes. And no script. They've had all summer to get this program written. One little program. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is exactly what happened before we were supposed to go on the air tonight. And now, for tonight's show... Don, how can we do a show without a script? You gotta have jokes, you know. You gotta have jokes. (laughs) Oh, what's the use? Play something, Phil. You know, friends, most of us these days are faced with the problem of getting more mileage out of our tires. But homemakers face a different mileage problem. That's how to get more mileage from food, by getting more nourishment per spoonful. Well, here's a suggestion for you from the Government Nutrition Program. Eat more of the vital protective foods that you should have every day. That includes whole grain cereals, cereals such as delicious, toasty brown grape nuts flakes. For grape nuts flakes are a whole grain cereal, so they supply important whole grain food values, including iron, niacin, and vitamin B1. Extra vitamin B1. For grape nuts flakes, bring you even more B1 to the ounce than you find in the whole grain itself. And honestly, there isn't a more delicious way to get this grand all-around nourishment. For grape nuts flakes are multi-rich, Sweet as a nut, crammed full of wide-awake, flavorful goodness. Remember, you owe it to yourself to start every morning with the proper nourishment. And you can do that and enjoy it with good-to-eat, nourishing Grape Nuts Flakes.
wreck I am. Tell you it isn't worth it. Oh. oh, gosh, that was the most humiliating experience I've ever had. How'd the show go, boss? We didn't have a show, Rochester. No were, script. Were your writers over martinis again? No, no, they just didn't work. Oh, by the way, Rochester, remind me to tune in on the uh, heartaches of Sally Sutton tomorrow morning. I have a hunch Paul and Sally are going to split up. No, boss, they're in love. Mr. Sutton might play around a little bit, but they ain't never going to separate. Oh, no? Well, I'll tell you what, Rochester. I'll just bet you five bucks they're going to get a divorce. And they're going to fight over the kid, too. Oh, Jack, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. Well, he thinks he knows everything. This will be a lesson to him. The Jack Benny program is written by Bill Morrow and Ed Beloyne.